how folks' identities impact their experiences as survivors. We asked survivors if they identified as Black, Indigenous, Latinx, queer, and or trans. If they said yes, we asked an open-ended follow-up question. How does your identity or intersecting identities impact your experience as a survivor? What survivors shared is foundational to this report. It guided our approach to analysis, organizing and presenting data, and identifying takeaways. These stories also serve as indisputable evidence that Black, Indigenous, Latinx, trans, and queer survivors should be front and center in research on survivorship. Increased risk of harm. Survivors talked about how their intersecting identities compound and increase their risk of harm. They shared they are harmed due to their identity and that harm doers sometimes weaponize their identity. The three quotes you're about to hear are from survivors with intersecting identities who shared how those identities have been weaponized. Quote, I have been taken less seriously as a mixed race, Latina, trans, polyamorous, bisexual, and intersex person. Each identity adds another layer of oppression and stigma for different reasons. For example, Because I'm polyam, people didn't believe I could experience abuse. Because I'm trans, I was misgendered often. Because of my race and ethnicity, I felt misunderstood and discriminated against. Identity definitely makes a difference. And unfortunately, the system contributes to our oppression as minorities. End quote. Quote, as a transgender woman and two-spirit person, I have always been at risk for sexual abuse. This risk increases with each marginalized intersection of my identity, Latinx, indigenous, disabled, and queer." End quote. Quote, as a black woman, violence has been exasperated. Growing up in poverty, there is always a lack or a need needing to be met, a deficit somewhere, and we tend to carry these deficits on with us as we grow. We then begin to internalize our circumstances in order to survive. And then we go through life accepting deficits all the time, from partners, from jobs, from employers, from each other, never thriving, never rising, just surviving through deficits. Being black, poor, and questioning brings about its own unique set of difficulties. I think that merely having to answer this question explains them all, but nevertheless, There is no life where there is no choice or opportunity. Black people have no choice, nor opportunity. At least that's what it feels like up against white supremacy and systematic violence. I was okay with being abused by yet another person because I was born into a family of abused people who abused people to run or escape from abused people. It's just a cycle. And the only way to break it is to show the abused hope and resources and opportunity to create alternatives we know exist, end quote. Feeling invisible. Folks talked about sometimes feeling less than human, that they don't matter or their experiences are minimized because of their identity or culture. Folks also expressed feeling like a statistic. Survivors shared the following, quote, 
As a pansexual indigenous survivor, I have been exposed to extreme violence and have been silenced when speaking up and asking for help. The traumatic victim blaming has not only come from white cis heteros, but my own community as well. As an indigenous woman, I have been hypersexualized and assaulted for defending myself and speaking up for myself against men. I am seen as lesser than human. I was told I lied about my experiences for attention and that I am a threat. I am not seen as a victim because I am strong. As a survivor, I have had to support myself and other survivors even during my healing period. I am forced to be a caretaker to those around me and yet have not been cared for in the midst of experiencing violence." End quote. quote. I feel like a statistic and a forgotten survivor, as all women censors in my area are whitewashed and unwelcoming. End quote. Invalidated by dominant narratives. Survivors shared that the dominant narrative of survivorship is about cisgender female survivors in heterosexual relationships, which can feel invalidating to any experiences that don't fit the stereotype. Survivors shared the following, quote, my experience is often lumped in with the experience of cis women because my rapist is a cis man and the culturally dominant narrative around victimhood is that violence is perpetuated against cis women by cis men. It's triggering to have my identity automatically denied and to see that AFAB, non-binary people, are perceived as women in this context, end quote. Quote, being queer and gender non-conforming has made it hard to exist in a space that typically amplifies cis female voices and has challenged me to find validity in my own story, end quote. Quote, when I do share my story about my abusive relationship, People don't seem to believe me or take me seriously because my abuser is a female-bodied individual. I remember calling the police after my abuser had tried to run me off the road on the freeway. And when I gave them their name, they scoffed. They scoffed at me like I was crazy to be scared of them and wouldn't really help me at all. Looking for an attorney to help me was hard too. No one seemed to understand that my ex was dangerous and I was scared for my life. They just heard their name and immediately wanted to write me off. I think it's hard for straight, cis, non-queer identifying people to imagine a domestic abuse situation when the people involved are both female bodied. It is harmful, end quote. Not believed and blamed for their harm. Survivors also talked about their identities contributing to being treated differently, not being believed or taken seriously and or being blamed for the harm they've been subjected to. Survivors shared the following, quote, I think it makes it difficult to talk about my experience just because I feel like people will not care or take me for my word. People may even think or believe I am asking for it, end quote. Quote, as a black woman, the cops ignored how serious the concern of my safety is. I was spoken to without respect or care even with evidence. Being stigmatized by the black single mother stereotype, I had no chance in being heard. I was not seen as a victim, but as someone who didn't deserve justice because I don't matter." End quote. Quote, 
I exist in a community full of straight white cis people. When a recent safety issue occurred, and my life was the only one disadvantaged by the incident, there was not much response. Eventually, I realized that is partially due to how I am read as an able-bodied, cognitively sharp black male, the kind of person to be afraid of, but not the kind of person to try to protect. When an incident of gender-based violence occurred, it wasn't directly stopped and no one made sure I was properly cared for afterward. Surviving as myself feels isolating sometimes. It feels like surely there must have been something I did to be chosen for a violent life-altering punishment. Or as a black person, I surely must know how to survive this kind of treatment, but I don't." End quote. Barriers finding resources and opportunities. Survivors also shared how difficult and time-consuming it can be to find support and resources, particularly limited access to inclusive shelters and mental health resources, and a lack of opportunities for housing and employment because of their identity. Survivors shared the following, quote, I myself am queer, Mexican, mestiza, an immigrant, and disabled. All of these things have made it extremely difficult to find trauma-informed mental health and medical practitioners. I have been dismissed and even laughed at by some psychiatric nurse practitioners and explicitly judged and infantilized by therapists. Even just trying to find help was traumatic. And so I have to heal from that now too, end quote. Quote, so many gender-based violence prevention services are failing to fully include and understand trans and non-binary people. I do not want to be misgendered when reaching out for support. I do not want to be assigned a counselor who can't get my pronouns right. I don't want to fill out intake forms that only ask about my sex assigned at birth or legal name. These things may seem small in the grand scheme of things when leaving a violent situation, but LGBTQ plus competency is no small thing. End quote. Quote, as someone with an obvious physical disability, it is often hard to get support around abuse. It's such a normalized occurrence and often isn't seen as abuse. Disabled people are often expected to take whatever treatment we can get and be grateful for the help. End quote. Impact on perception of self. Survivors discussed how the harm they've been subjected to has impacted their own perception of themselves and or their ability to accept their identity. Survivors shared the following, quote, it has made how I feel about myself more complicated. There are several ways in which my intersecting identities have been erased or invalidated by my abuser. I believe them for so long that it has made healing complicated. End quote. Quote, my sexuality identities have been deeply impacted in that it took until my late 20s to fully accept that I am queer and bisexual. I still get confused with my gender sometimes and have sort of given up on pursuing it further. My sexuality was deeply affected by the abuse I experienced and made it really difficult to come out and realize that I deserve to express how I feel because most of my abuse was before I ever came out. 
The abuse made me not want to be queer and to prefer being invisible, end quote. 